name is Michael Tuck, and I'm the associate pastor here at Bacon's Castle Baptist Church. We are a local church in Surrey, Virginia, dedicated to making disciples of Jesus Christ. This is the weekly podcast that we put out for our local church family and the church as a whole. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast. A woman took a, an afternoon nap on New Year's Eve. When she woke up, she said to her husband, she said, I just dreamed that uh, you gave me a diamond ring for a New Year's present. What do you think it means? And he replied, aha, you'll know tonight. So at midnight, he gave her a small gift and she opened it. And uh, to her surprise, it was a book titled The Meaning of Dreams. <laughs> there really is something special about New Year's, isn't it? I mean, it's just another calendar day, but there's something special about it. Psychologically, emotionally, it's a, it's a time where we sense a new beginning. It's a chance for a, a restart or a chance for a reset on things. Americans, uh, over half of us, at the beginning of a new year, will resolve to do something different throughout uh, the year. According to USAGov.gov, the top five things we resolve to do are, number one, to lose weight. Number two, exercise more. Number three, quit smoking. Uh, number four, improve finances. And focus, finally focus on, uh, on self-care. Now, I confess that those first two are part of my yearly routine, though I don't really make a, res- uh, a resolution anymore because four out of five of us don't keep resolutions. In fact, uh, one-third of us that make them, by the end of the first month, we're already, we've already given up and we're not doing it anymore. Okay, well, I'll just stay right here, okay? So hopefully everybody can hear me. Uh, anyway, so by, uh, by the end of the first month, one-third of us have even given up on trying to keep that which we said that we were going to do. In fact, in prayer meeting this morning, Dickie said, I always, I always quit by the end of January. So he's just living up to the statistic, right? Someone had said about New Year's resolutions that a New Year resolution is something that goes in one year and comes out the other. So uh, this morning, I don't want to talk to you about resolutions, okay? And in fact, I, I don't, can't remember the last time on a New Year's message I've talked to you about resolutions. But I I do want to challenge us this morning to approach this new year in a special way. I I actually want to ask you to embrace five challenges that I'm going to give you as we march our way into 2000, I mean uh, 2021. We're already in 2021, but as as we walk into this new year, I've got five initiatives that I want to give you. And here's my hope, and this is my prayer. It really is that you'll actually leave here today. You'll write down these five things or at least remember them and, and then do something about it and, and, actually, and actually respond to what I'm challenging you to respond to today. Not just say, oh, well, I, I, I enjoyed listening to that or that was whatever. That was good. I want you actually to do something about it. So here are my five challenges as we embrace the new year. All right. And let's, uh, let's just walk right into them. Here's the first one. Uh, this first one is to remember. To remember. In fact, Landon, you started off talking about that. And uh, I want to challenge you to remember, or maybe better yet, I would say recall. And you might say, well, what's the difference between remembering and recalling? Well, remembering can be just a passive thing. Oh, I just remembered something. Well, recalling is you're actually trying to remember something, to make special note of it. You may remember our uh, study from the book of Joshua. Do you remember that uh, 
Joshua follows uh, Moses, and one of the things that dominated Moses' last book, Deuteronomy, or the last few chapters anyway, was he called his people, or called God's people to remember. He would say, remember, don't forget, don't forget to remember, or remember to remember. He, he was just always remember, remember, remember. Here's, here's Moses in, in the last uh, chapter, I mean, the last book and, and some of his last comments to his people. Only be careful, Moses warned, and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes uh, your eyes have seen, or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to your children after them. Here's what Moses anticipates. Moses anticipates that the, the passing of time is going to make us forget the things that we know or the things that we think are even in, important. And so throughout the ages, God has given us ways to help us remember. And we've created some of our own. For instance, God gave us or gave the Jews the Passover. He's given us the Lord's Supper. These are ways to help us remember. We've created Christmas. You know, there's no, there's no admonition in the scripture to remember the birth of Jesus or to remember the incarnation. But, but it's such an important truth that we've created Christmas to help us remember that important, that important date. 2020 hasn't been the easiest uh, of years. I found it uh, I found it funny, comical. Some of the memes that you've seen on social media. I've got a couple for you. I hope they're there. Are they there? Oh yeah, here's one. Nice cup of 2020. Here's another one. I didn't see the movie, but January 1st, June 9th. That was a movie that Matthew McConaughey McConaughey. That he did, and he had to make himself look like that for, uh, for the movie. There's all kinds of memes out there representing 2020. It's really not been a great, a great year. But listen, but that doesn't mean that God hasn't been present in 2020. And it doesn't mean that God hasn't done some incredibly awesome things in 2020. So here's my challenge as we're entering into 2021. Remember! I mean, don't just chalk up 2020 to this horrible year that you want to forget. Go back in 2020 and remember the things that God has done for you, for us. How many of you lost your job in 2020? How many of you lost your stream of income in 2020? I, I happen to know our church family, and not many of us did. And even some of us that did, we found new streams of income and new jobs. How many of you didn't die of COVID this year? That's all of you listening to me, right? Or, or die of anything else. Now, this has been a tough year for us when it comes to death. We had five deaths, I think, maybe six, early in the year related to our church family. So it's not like 2020 isn't etched with some sorrow and some grief in, in our lives. But along with those griefs, there has been lots of opportunity for joy. I've told you this before, so forgive me for reminding you so soon after I've already told you this, but I'm convinced that joy and grief are not one, just one line in our life that goes like this. I'm in, I'm in joy, now I'm in grief, I'm in joy. But rather, joy and grief are two parallel lines in our lives. And sometimes the grief line gets etched darker. Sometimes the joy line gets etched darker, but, but they're always there. And so even though there may have been grief in our lives in 2020, there's also been opportunities for great, great joy. In, in the same year that Shep died, Beniah was born, my, my first grandson. How many of you got relief checks from our government that you didn't need? 
How many of you remember the times of joy in your life in 2020? The times that you spent uh, with others laughing and maybe having and sharing a meal like, like, hey, I do with some friends every Wednesday night. So how many of you have done that, that, that if, you don't, if you don't remember it, you're going to forget it. You're going to forget that there were a lot of good things in 2020. How many of you felt the presence of God in 2020 and, you, and you've forgotten it? Here's my challenge as we enter this new year. Remember, recall, make a point to remember all the good things that have happened to you in this year. Our Charlie was born last year in the waning days of 2020. What joy. Something to remember. By the way, by the way, oh, it must not be there. No picture of Charlie up there? Ugh. I had a picture of Charlie up there. I wanted y'all to see my great joy, right? Go on social media because I've put a lot of them on there. So uh, watch yourselves closely. closely. Here's the words of Moses again. Watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. So I'm asking you to leave here this morning. And remember the things of 2020 that God did that were good, that blessed you, that filled your heart with joy. Don't forget those things and chalk them up to 2020 is just a horrible year that I want to forget. Remember those things. In fact, here's, here's, why don't you try this? If you have a family and you're sitting around the lunch table today, why not go around the lunch table and say, hey, what do you remember that was of great joy in 2020? So here's my second challenge as we enter 2021, and that's to repent. It's to repent. As, um, as we read through God's book, we, we see it over and over and over again, how God just calls us to repent. And the word repent, we, we, you probably all heard it said before, but it's to change your mind, to change your thinking. And, and inculcated in that is not just a change of thought. It is a change of thought that leads to a change of direction or, a ch- or doing something different. And there are so many verses that call us to repent of unbelief. Or to repent from believing something that's not true or, or, or to believe what is true. Here's just one example. Mark chapter 1. Here's Jesus. The time has come, Jesus said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Or maybe that was John uh, the Baptist. I'm not sure. But I think it was Jesus. But there are also verses that call us to repent of sin. To change our minds and conform our lives to God's desire. Here's, here's desires. Here's a couple other verses. Whoever conceals, this is from the Proverbs, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Here's John, this is John the Baptist, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. So there's an idea in which, which repentance is a change of my thinking that leads to a change in action. In fact, every New Year's resolution, listen to what I'm going to say now. Every New Year's resolution is a desire to repent of some way of thinking or some activity that we're doing. A resolution to eat well and exercise well is a declaration of repentance from lethargy and inactivity. A boy once asked his dad, he said, Dad, there's three frogs sitting on a a limb. One of them decides to jump into the pool. How many frogs are left on the limb? The dad says, two. And the boy says, not dad, that's not right. And he says, oh, I get it. If one of them jumps off, the other two are going to jump off. So there won't be any left on the limb, so there's none. He says, none. The boy said, no, dad, that's not right either. He says, well, how many? The boy says, there's three. 
because he only decided to jump off. And he said, the frog only decided to jump. There is a difference between deciding and actual action. And you know what? Jesus said something similar to that. Not about frogs on a tree limb, but he talked about two sons where a father went to him and said, hey, how about, how about going out in the field? And one of them says, yep, I'll do it. And he doesn't go. And the other one says, I'm not going, dad. But he changes his mind and he goes. And Jesus asked the question, which of them did the will of the father? And the answer wasn't the guy who said he would. It wasn't the guy who decided he was going. It was the guy who actually decided, he said he wasn't going to go, but changed his mind and decided to go and then actually went. It's the same sort of idea. So I'd like to ask you this morning to repent. And that is to resolve something, not just to resolve something, excuse me, but to act upon that resolve with true repentance. What in your, listen, what in your life this morning is contrary to what you know that God desires you to be doing or to do? What is there in 2020 that you lived out, participated in, didn't live out, that you know God desires for you to repent of that, to change your mind, and to change the outcome of what you do? Now, I could this morning give us a high... 35,000 airplane view of this, right? And I could say, well, God wants you to repent of greed and selfishness and anger and the lust of 2020. That's what God wants you to repent. But that's like in an airplane flying over at 35,000 feet, right? You don't really see any details. So I'd, I'd like to give you just a, you know, I'd like to take those things and just let's, let's fly a little closer to the ground. And I'd like to ask you, could it be that God is specifically asking you to repent and be more generous to the poor? To be more, not selfish with your money, but generous towards others in need. And you say, well, you know, people in America, we don't need it. Yeah, well, we're just a small fraction of the body of Christ in the world. And I guarantee you there's, there's, there's brothers and sisters living in such abject poverty. Find a way. I'm just asking you, could God be saying, repent of your greed, Jimmy, and be more generous to the poor? Or how about this? Could he say, Jimmy, repent of your selfishness and spend more time with your children? Or Jimmy, you're really, you're really harsh and you're really critical. I want you to repent of your harshness and your critical spirit. And I want you to be kinder in your intonation and in your words. And I want you to not be critical of others. I don't want you to see their faults first. I want you to see the good stuff in them and be affirming rather than critical. Maybe that's what he's trying to say. Maybe he's not telling us to repent of lust, but repent of the, your use of pornography. You know, you, guess, you know, you see what I'm getting at? I'm asking you this morning as we enter into 2021 to repent, to ask the Lord, Lord, or maybe you don't even have that. Maybe as I began to speak, you just knew what it was that God is saying, repent of this in 2021 and do not let this be in your life. Turn, change your mind. Turn, turn yourself around. What is there? So on your piece of paper, what I'm asking you to do sometime today is to get with the Lord and say, Lord, what do I need to repent of from 2020 and walk in different in 2021? Here's my third challenge. It's to reaffirm. To reaffirm. The new year gives us an opportunity uh, not just to repent, but it gives us an opportunity to reaffirm or renew the commitments of 2020 that were really good. Let's go back to the Joshua study. 
You remember as Joshua takes over from, uh, from Moses, remember Joshua, or God even, asked the people to reaffirm their allegiance to Joshua as the leader of Israel, now taking over from Moses. And then I'll read it to you. He says, we, and this is their response. We'll do everything that you commanded, they replied. We'll go wherever you send us. We'll listen and obey to you in everything, just like we did with Moses. Only may the Lord your God be with you, just as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against what you say and doesn't listen to your words regarding everything you command will be executed. Only be strong and courageous. Joshua. Now, I know this isn't a one-on-one comparison. I get it. I, I get my illustration. is it, it falls somewhat short. They're reaffirming their commitment to this new leader. But, but I do think it's a picture. It, it provides, if you would, maybe a metaphor for us reaffirming our commitments to, to, to what God's led us to in, the, in 2020 and beyond, or before, to what he's leading us to in 2021. So I think the beginning of a new year is an opportunity for you and me to reaffirm that which we are committed to and that which we hold to. So this morning, I'm asking you to reaffirm, to reaffirm your commitment to the Lord Jesus, to follow Jesus, to to let him be Lord of your life. Now, he's the same Lord of 2020. Hopefully he's the same one you were following in 2020. But I'm saying take 2021 as an opportunity to reaffirm your allegiance, your loyalty, your submission to Jesus. Do you reaffirm or would you reaffirm your allegiance to the kingdom of God above every other allegiance? And I don't want to get myself in hot water and I don't want you to not understand what I'm saying, but I really want to be clear. There is, there is only one ultimate allegiance for us, and it is Jesus and his kingdom. And it far su- supersedes every other allegiance we might have as, as human beings. And I'm asking you, as we enter 2021, would you reaffirm that allegiance to King Jesus and his kingdom over every other earthly allegiance? Do you reaffirm or will you reaffirm your commitment to make disciples as you go and wherever you go? I mean, that's what it's, you know, we we make these catchy little mission statements as a church, as the church. I don't mean just Bacon's Castle, I mean every church, right? But the bottom line, if you distill it, we have one mission and that is to go and make disciples of all the nations. To make disciples of men and women everywhere. Help them to follow Jesus. Teaching them to observe all that he's commanded. Teaching them to be like him. That's, 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 that's our mission. I'm asking you, would you reaffirm in 2021 your commitment to go and make disciples? You know, and, and can I just say this? Maybe there's some overlap in the things I'm saying here, right? But, but also, some of this reaffirm, reaffirmation may need to be coupled with repentance, because maybe in 2020 you didn't have any desire to make disciples and you weren't involved in that and you weren't committed to that. So maybe repentance is involved in what's needed in 2021. I think I'm emptying the room out. <laughs> Do you, would you reaffirm this morning your love for Jesus? I talked about loyalty. I talked about allegiance. But can I just say love? Would you reaffirm your love for Jesus? In 2021. And you remember Jesus says, this is how, this is how you know people love me. What, what, you answer that. How do we know we love Jesus? What does he say? You follow his commandments. You obey him, right? 
So, you know, it's like there was that old adage about the, the wife saying to the husband, you never say you love me. And he said, well, if it ever changes, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll let you know, right? Like somehow that's, that's acceptable. And it's not acceptable, right? Hopefully when we're in a relationship, we're, we're affirming that love. It doesn't have to be every hour. It doesn't have to be every day. Maybe it does. But, but it needs to be a, a reaffirmation of that continually throughout our life, right? I'm asking to reaffirm your love for Jesus this morning. Number four. I've said remember, I've said repent, I've said reaffirm. Here's my fourth, repair. And I'd like to challenge you to repair broken relationships. As we enter 2021, I'm asking you to specifically, um, diligently, purposely fix any broken relationship that you have. Here's Jesus, okay, in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, if you're at the gathering, then you just say the gathering. He says, you're at the altar worshiping, and you remember that your brother has something against you. Listen to the words of Jesus. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. Hey, quit going to the gathering. Quit bringing your, your, your gift to the altar. Leave it there. Go and be reconciled with your brother and sister, and then come and offer your gift. Jesus says it's more important for you and me to fix broken relationships than it is for us to come to the gathering. That's, that's what he's saying right here, right? This is so crucial. So as we, as we march into 21, I'm asking you would, you, would you embrace this initiative of just going and, and just fixing whatever's broken? Paul said to the Roman Christians, he said, as much as it depends on you, be at peace with, it, with all men. In other words, as much as it depends on you, fix broken relationships. So I'd like to ask you to take stock of your life right now in this very moment and say, man, where is there a broken friendship? Where is there a broken relationship? Where have, where have I offended? Where have I been offended that, that I need to fix this in this new, in this new year? So um, here's, here's my, you know, I say this often, so this is not new unless you're our guest. And we have some, I'm glad to have you this morning. But you hear me say this a lot. So if somebody has offended, uh, or excuse me, if you have offended someone, you need to get up and you need to go and you need to fix it. So if you know you were harsh, you were critical, you were unchristlike, you damaged the relationship, you need to go and fix it. It's on you. But listen to this. What if you're the person that was harshed on or criticaled on, right? I know, I made that up. What if you're that person? Well, it's still on you. Still on you. You know, because right now in this very moment, you can forgive someone. You know, some of you are probably holding something against someone that you just, you've, you're holding it against them. And right now, as we're, as we're walking into 2021, you can forgive them. Right now, in your seat, you can forgive them and you can fix that relationship. You, you, because you're probably the one that's the hindrance because you're the one that's been offended and you're not willing to forgive. You're probably the one that's, that's keeping the relationship from being healed. Again, one of, the, one of the perils of being here so long is you've heard all my stories. But forgive me, I'm going to tell you what I've told you before. Um, I'm 19 years old. I begin to follow Jesus. I'm so excited. I fall in love with the Word of God. I believe the Word of God to be true. And uh, with that came certain things that I believed. And my father, who was a Baptist pastor but also a missionary, well, he didn't hold those same things. And, and, and they were pretty big and, you know, pretty big things. And so I'm, in, I'm filled with zeal for the Lord. 
And I write my dad a series of letters when I'm 19 years old, trying to convince him of how he's wrong. And uh, I actually got to read one of my letters 40 years later. My mama had kept them or my daddy had kept them, and I got to read one of them. And, uh, and the letters that I sent my father when I was 19, they devalued him. They, they you know, I was zealous, but they lacked respect. And I remember reading my own letter to my father and just feeling the hurt for my father from the letter that I had written. Now, another 30, and, and not, don't get me wrong, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like I was saying my dad's a bad person or anything. It was just, I was not valuing him. At, I, I was right, he was wrong, and, and that sort of thing. So for the next uh, 30 years, I guess, you know, maybe not quite that long or whatever, so it created a wall between my father and myself. And it was, you know, we were always cordial. We'd go see him. We hugged and oh, I kissed him all the time. And, but there was just always this, there was just always this something. I can remember my father, we'd go take the kids, you know, we'd go to my parents for Christmas or Thanksgiving or whenever it was. And my dad would, you know, and again, I don't know this for a fact, but it just seemed to me dad would always go out to the work shed or dad was always going out to the garage. You know, it, it was, it just didn't really want to hang in a room with us, you know. And, and again, not, you would never know. You would never know, but I knew. And then there came this time where God said to me, Jimmy, you need to fix this because it's your fault. And I did. Got in my car and rode over to my father's house. He was in his 60s, late 60s, early 70s. He was washing the cars. It was sometime in the summer. And I got out. And I, kind of, I was almost crying as I got out. And I remember him standing at the front of the car. And I'm kind of at the back. And I said, Dad, I'm here to ask your forgiveness. Because I know that I have offended you. And I have hurt you. And I wrote letters early on that's caused you to build this wall between me and you. And I said, Dad, I'm here. I, I used to love to quote Gore, uh, Ronald Reagan's words. I'm here, Dad. Take down that wall. That's what I said to him through my tears. And my dad was crying and, and I was crying. I'd never, I don't know that I'd ever seen my father cry prior to that. And, uh, and, you know, and God changed my relationship with my father. Again, like I said, you probably wouldn't have noticed. But there was no longer, there was no longer that wall there. Maybe, maybe my story is speaking to you because you're the same way. I mean, you got a relationship with someone and, you know, you're cordial and kind. You even visit each other at the holidays. But you know, you know there's a wall there. As much as it depends on you. And sometimes it doesn't depend on you. Sometimes you can't fix it. It's not you. But if it's you, then fix it. Repair it. That brings me to the last one. My last, my, my last challenge to ask you to embrace as we walk into 2021 would be this. would be to rest. I want to ask you to rest. And I guess, Micah, this speaks to your message last week. It speaks to your words this morning, Landon. Um... I want you to embrace resting in the new year. When I was a kid, and again, most of y'all know this, but I was born, I was raised as a missionary kid. My my parents were missionaries, and we lived in Latin America. and And uh, twice a year, the mission would get together for what they called mission meeting. 
And a mission meeting was the highlight of an MK, a missionary kid's life, because he got to be with all the other MKs from all over the country, because we were all there together. And we would meet at the seminary in the city where I lived. And in that seminary courtyard or whatever, there was a huge pine tree. I mean, it was... I don't want to exaggerate it, but 30, 40 feet tall, stood above the building, stood taller than any other tree. And, uh, and we MK, especially we older ones, we would climb the tree. It was a pine tree. And it was a weird pine tree, or never, I maybe let me call it an evergreen or pine, I don't know, but it had so many branches, right? You could just climb, I mean, it was like climbing up a ladder up inside the tree, and, and so you could just walk up. Now, don't get me wrong, as you got higher and higher, the adrenaline was pumping, and it was scary, you know, but when you got to the top of the tree, so many branches, you could just sit back against a big old branch, and you could look out over the city, and you weren't climbing anymore, so you weren't afraid, because you're leaning up against a big branch, you're not going to fall, and, uh, and and it was just, you, you would rest after that climb uh, up the tree. Now I tell you this story, my analogy is going to fall a little short here too, because you weren't resting when you were climbing. The adrenaline was pumping, you were kind of scared, you know, am I going to slip, am I going to fall? But when you got to the top, you would rest. What, what I want to ask you to do, or what I've been asking you to do so far, is I've been asking you to do things. I've been asking you to to work, if you would, at repentance and work at remembering and renewing. I've been, I've been asking you to do something. But now I'm asking you to rest. So my analogy falls a little bit short because I'm asking you to climb and rest at the same time, right? But you can do that. You can, you can do the things that God desires of you to do. And at the same time, you can rest in the Lord Jesus. God doesn't love you anymore. God doesn't love you anymore because you remember, because you repent, or you reaffirm, or you repair. So I'm asking just to rest in him. He doesn't love you anymore because you do those things. Rest in his love for you. And you and me, you may have failed to meet your goals for 2020. You may have failed. Um, you know, you left boxes unchecked. You, uh, you, didn't, you, you didn't make the goals that you set. You were disappointed at the scales. But the good news is that God loves us anyway. He loves us in spite of the fact, and not just because we do. He, he loves us in spite of whether we succeed or don't succeed there. Here's Jesus. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You know what a yoke is? Yoke something you put on the oxen when they work, right? Hooks them up to the plow so they can work. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and rest in me. Take my yoke upon you and you will find rest for your soul. The author of Hebrews says it like this. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. In 2021, God wants you and me to know his rest. A rest that ceases from striving to earn God's favor, but freely receives it. Remember the hymn that Charles, the the Christmas carol that Charles Wesley wrote? Remember the story about Charles and John growing up in a godly home, but missing the rest, trying to striving to earn God's 
favor until all of a sudden they get it. No, you rest in the Lord Jesus and in his love. And out of that, you work. Out of that, you take his yoke and you do the things that he desires of you, but you rest in his love. And that's what I want for all of you this morning. It's what I want for myself. I want to rest in God's love today. I want you to rest in his love. I want you to rest in your identity in the Lord Jesus. You know who you are in Jesus? You're his child. You're his son and his daughter. You are his, you are part of his eternal kingdom forever. And you're going to live eternally in his realized kingdom. Rest in that truth no matter what happens to you here and now. God will rescue you. He he will raise you from the dead, redeem all the sorrows of this life. And you will be with him and all who have loved his appearing forever. Landon, I loved what you said. I don't know if you did it intentionally or if you just said it. But you said, and I'm going to paraphrase it exactly. You said, but whatever comes my way, I know that God is with me. He's walking with me in that. You know, a lot of times we think whatever comes my way, God's going to rescue me from it. So I'm going to be taken away from it. And it's not going to be in my life anymore. I tell you guys, that's not what God ever promised anyone. Now, he has promised it ultimately in his kingdom to come. But in this life, he said, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to carry you. I'm going to strengthen you. Rest in me. Charles Wesley wrote a hymn, another hymn about this rest. uh, The rest that I'm calling us to today, right in 2021. Let me read you Charles's hymn. I'm going to read it as a poem. Lord, I believe a rest remains to all thy people known, a rest where pure enjoyment reigns, and thou art loved alone, a rest where all our soul's desire is fixed on things above, where doubt and pain and fear expire, cast out by perfect love, a rest of lasting joy and peace where all is calm within. Tis tis then from our own works we cease, from pride, self-will, and sin. Our life is hid with Christ and God, the agony is o'er. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, we strive with sin no more. For every evil motion freed, the Son has made us free. On all the powers of hell we tread in glorious liberty. Safe in the way of life above, death, earth, and hell we rise. We find, when perfected in love, our long-sought paradise. Within that Eden we retire, we rest in Jesus' name. It guards us as a wall of fire, as a sword of a flame. Oh, that, listen to this, oh, that I now the rest might know, believe and enter in. Now, Savior, now the power bestow and let me cease from sin. Remove this hardness from my heart, this unbelief remove. To me the rest of faith impart, the Sabbath of thy love. So just in case you didn't follow Charles's poem, the first part is about this rest that God's going to give us in his eternal kingdom. But then he says, Lord, let me enter that rest now by faith. Let me rest in you now by faith. And that's my prayer for you. That's my desire for all of us this morning that we would enter in. So a new year, a new beginning. Let's enter 2021, not passively, but proactively. I challenge you to embrace in this new year, remembering the goodness of 2020, remembering God's goodness of 2020. I'm I'm asking you to do that. I'm asking you to take time to not forget, to remember, to write it down, you know, and don't let the, don't let the sands of time wash it or the waves of time wash it out of your thinking. 
Repent. Choose today to turn from sin. What is there in your life in 2020 that you know isn't in keeping with this, this God who loves us and his character? Repent. Don't resolve. Repent. Turn from it. Let the Spirit of God empower you. In our Sunday school class this morning, David Coggin was talking about the power of God's Spirit. Let me turn this off. I think every time I move it does that. David was talking about the power of God's Spirit. Let the, power, let the Spirit empower you to turn from sin, to repent. Reaffirm your commitment and love for Jesus. Don't be ashamed. Don't be shy. Be bold. Be clear. Leave no doubt who you love. Leave no doubt who you follow. You know, I, I, I hate to say it. I met with someone this week, and when we departed company, he didn't know anything about me. That's just not, that's not right. Let's not be ashamed. Let's be bold. Repair any broken relationship. Fix it. You know, if your marriage is, is, is messed up, fix it. If your children and you are, are at odds, fix it. If you and your siblings are, don't talk, fix it. If, um, if your friends don't, if something's wrong with your friends, fix it. If your neighbors have a lot against you, fix it. As much as it depends on you, fix it. And then finally, rest. Rest in God's love, his promises. Rest in Jesus. He keeps his word. He will resurrect us. He will, he will give us life eternal. Rest in him. Rest in him. Lord Jesus, all glory be to you. For you and you alone are deserving of the praise and the surrender of our lives. We thank you that you are making all things new. Lord, a new year is just an opportunity to remember that you are making all things new. And we pray, Lord, may your kingdom come on earth, even as it is in heaven. Lord, may you come. Lord Jesus, we long for your return. May 2021 be the year that you return. Lord, we love you. We thank you for making us family. Lord, would you knit our hearts together in 2021? Will you increase our love for one another? Will you strengthen our resolves, Lord, to love you more than anything else? We pray all this because Jesus lives and because Jesus is Lord. We pray in his name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening this week. If you have any questions, you can email them to Pastor Jimmy at baconscastle.com. Also, check out our website at baconscastle.com to get to know us and see what God is doing locally here in Surrey. Be blessed. Thank you.